So welcome to the International School Network Roundtable Forum, where we are discussing international school marketing strategies today. I am your host, Richard Gaskell from International Education Solutions, and I'm based in Thailand. It gives me great pleasure to introduce you to our wonderful panelists. I have Amy Gruber based in Portugal, Colleen Fontenew uh, based in Bangkok, Thailand, uh, and Penelope Georgikis based in Dubai. Uh, thank you all for making the time to be here today. Uh, I'd like to start by allowing us each briefly to introduce ourselves. So without further ado, uh, Amy, can you kick us off? Absolutely. Thank you, Richard. Uh, my name is Amy Gruber and my title is Assistant Head for Enrollment Management and Marketing. Uh, I'm the founding uh, Admissions and Marketing Director at TASIS Portugal, which is the newest member of the TASIS family of schools. We opened fall 2020, right in the heart of the pandemic. Uh, and so that was an interesting experience. And the questions that Richard provided, I think, um, give me a really nice opportunity to reflect on the admissions marketing communications, but also what we did uh, with the pandemic when we were faced with that. I have been in the admissions world since 1991. Uh, I started in boarding schools in the United States, have also worked in day schools, uh, boarding schools in Canada, and then also spent 19 years at the association level, uh, working with uh, TABS, the Association of Boarding Schools, running all of their international recruitment fairs, among other things, and then also working for SSATB, the Secondary School Admission Test Board, uh, which then of course, became the Enrollment Management Association. So I had 19 years uh, at the association level, presenting on admissions, presenting on admissions trends, uh, running workshops for admission officers, and got the opportunity to return to a school in uh, 2019. And so I uh, have really tried to put my money where my mouth is after talking about admissions for 19 <laughs> years, going back to doing it again. So thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Amy. Uh, Colleen? Uh, thanks, Richard. And I, it's hard to follow that, Amy. I, I must say, <laughs> not only did you have to test yourself, you had to go back at possibly the most challenging time. So I look yeah. forward to hearing what you have to say. Um, my name is Colleen Fontenot. I am the Director of Admissions and Marketing at KIS in Bangkok. Um, I have been working in schools way less time because my background is a little bit different, but um, my current role, I oversee all enrollment, enrollment management marketing. Um, and I'm actually excited to share that I'll be transitioning into a new role because KIS is opening a second campus um, about 40 minutes outside of Bangkok. Um, so I'm really excited to do another launch project because that was where I met Amy when I worked on a launch project of an innovative project-based learning school in Sao Paulo, Brazil, uh, Avenues the World School. So that was my introduction into working in education. Prior to that, I spent 15 years in advertising and marketing, working with clients like Microsoft and Apple and Best Buy. I worked in both the North and South America. Um, and it, what was really fantastic for me about the opportunity to work in education is that it was the first time I really felt I found my tribe as a third culture mm -hmm. kid growing up in the United States. I was always a little bit too international. Like, why do you speak so many languages and why is your name French, but you sound American? So I think the international education universe is where I have felt most at home. 
Um, and I, I love speaking about it. And I was recently invited to the advisory board of Edutech Asia to be supporting the growth of the organization, but also the identification of what are those topics specifically related to marketing um, and communications and admissions that are relevant so that other schools um, of all different sizes can learn. And it's been a real privilege. Um, on the topic of KIS, I've only been here, this is my second year. So I'm relatively new to Asia, but it's a, a fast moving market. So certainly lots to share. Great. Thanks, Colleen. Panafi? Well, that's also very hard to follow. <laughs> my name is Penelope. Uh, I've been with uh, the Repton family of schools in the UAE for the last six years. Um, I'm part of the uh, school operator named Excella. I've been in education for only six years, but I've been in the market for 16 years. Uh, my background has always been in marketing. I worked in real estate. I worked for brands like Ralph Lauren and Swarovski uh, with great uh, brand equity. So uh, I do understand the positioning. And, and when I deal with my family of schools, well, they have similar positioning. Uh, it's a very competitive market. Um, as you know, and uh, I've had the opportunity to test and trial many, many things. Uh, I work uh, amongst a team, a commercial team, and we have experts in digital marketing and uh, admissions as well. So I have the privilege of working with those colleagues. And uh, we've seen our, our student uh, enrollment grow in the, substantially in the last three years. And I'm proud to say we have over 5,000 students across uh, four campuses today. Wow. So thank you for inviting me. I have a lot to learn today, and I'd like to hopefully also impart some of the, the learnings that we, we've had. Great. Uh, well, you guys are clearly the, the experts on the, the school marketing side. I'm, I'm still learning every day. I've been in, in the business now uh, some 30 years. Uh, I had a very strange entry into education, went to South Africa uh, when I was 21 to play rugby uh, and ended up in uh, education, although I was trained in, in agriculture. Uh, such was the times in South Africa where... There was so much need. Um, I worked for Scholastic for, for 12 years, and that was my first entree into schools. Uh, we were doing book fairs and, and book clubs uh, all across Africa. Uh, and then for 12 years, I was with ISC Research, uh, doing a lot of market um, strategies and feasibility studies and got to know many, many schools all over the world. And it was a real privilege. Uh, and that's how I got to meet Amy uh, at a, a number of conferences around the world. Uh, and then during the pandemic, I was mad enough to leave uh, ISC and start a brand new company uh, called IES, uh, International Educational Solutions, where I'm CEO and co-founder. I have two wonderful colleagues and Winnie Chen, uh, who's president of CIO. Uh, she owns a group of schools in China and Howard Stribble, uh, who is um, uh, academic management across Asia Pacific and Macau. And together we've set up IES to help schools in Asia Pacific mainly with marketing strategies. And we found a little niche in China marketing solutions, trying to get uh, schools a shop window in China is a whole other world. Mm -hmm. So that takes up uh, uh, most of my time. Uh, but as I said, I'm new to sort of the marketing side in some aspects and I'm learning uh, every day. So looking forward to uh, talking with you guys today. Um, so the objective of the roundtable discussion is to give our friends on the International School Network uh, some complementary insights into uh, best practice uh, post-pandemic and into current international school thinking uh, around marketing. So let's dive into our questions. And first of all, uh, if I can start with you, Amy, uh, what would you say is the most 
critical digital marketing tool uh, a school can utilize to bring in more enrollment to their school? Uh, thank you, Richard. And I thought a lot about this last night. Uh, like politics, all admissions is local. So I think you have to start first by, um, you know, analyzing your own market and area. Uh, what is most important there? So Tassos Portugal is the newest member of the Tassos family of schools. This is our third year of operation. So we when we arrived in Portugal, no one knew about us. So really priority number one was to get the school found. If they don't know about you, they can't apply. And so it's very easy to get seduced by all of the, the social media, looking at other schools, Instagram accounts, all that sort of thing, but those all have to point to something. Mm -hmm. So the first place you really need to start is your website. And I would say that if somebody you know is in my position again, launching a new school, that that's your number one priority. Make sure that you're Website is amazing. Really focus on content. Content is king right now. And if you do it right, it can be repurposed in so many different places. Um, and then that also involves your, your SEO, your search engine optimization. I devoted a lot of my marketing budget that first year to the website, to our SEO. Um, we invested heavily in Google ads, even buying our own name to with the real focus on getting Tassos Portugal found. When somebody Googles international schools in Portugal, are they going to find us? Will our name come up? And, you know, it's sort of one of the basic, basic things, but I think as we look at and get overwhelmed by all of the options out there in today's market, um, that that's where I really found great success. Just starting with the basics of our website. Um, and then also looking at, because Portugal is such um, a hot destination right now, happily for me, for families to, to relocate to and to make it their permanent home, understanding the demographics of that group. Where are they coming from? Many are coming from the US, many are coming from the UK, many are, many are coming from South Africa, many are coming from Brazil, of course. Uh, and so then, you know, using the resources of a VPN to Google your school's name and see where it comes up in those countries and mm -hmm. those markets, because sometimes people don't know that search engines are different depending on yeah. where you, you're using them. Uh, so we spent a lot of time understanding um, our analytics, really relying on those, those monthly reports. Um, not to make my answer too long, but I did have another page. Uh, <laughs> you know, for us in Portugal, and again, going back to understanding your market, uh, Facebook and Instagram are both really good vehicles for us. And some places, Facebook is not any longer a vehicle, um, but here it is in the expat Facebook groups. Um, both for families moving here and then just expats in general um, are rich with information. Uh, I'm always super proud to see Tassos Portugal parents uh, respond to queries about schools uh, and talk about their own experience with us. 
in a really authentic way. They're also very honest, which I think is, is important too. I see other school and I'm on there as a voyeur, you know, if it's um, expat moms, Kashkaj Eshteril, I'm on there, the group has accepted me, but I do not feel in any way, shape or form that it's appropriate ever for me to weigh in, comment. If, if they wanna reach Tassas Portugal, they know how to do it. Mm -hmm. um, they're crowdsourcing information from Facebook groups because they want a perspective that's not the official school perspective. I do see admissions people from some other schools weighing in and I think, ooh, mm -hmm. uh, or saying you should call my school. Well, that's not why they're on that particular group. Right. Um, we get far more traffic on Instagram when we post things in terms of likes and actual interaction, but I wouldn't give up Facebook right now. Um, so those are the tools for us that have gone really well. Looking at the analytics, um, you know, when we, in our first year, invested in Google ads, Facebook ads, uh, Instagram ads, it was really encouraging to look at the end of each month at the number of impressions. Um, short videos for us were always the, always yielded the largest number of impressions. Humor played really well. Um, you know, when we posted a picture of a Dalmatian and said a few spots left, uh, apply now, those kinds of things, uh, yeah. you know, we could really see working in terms of the interactions, the click-throughs, the, the things like that. Um, so that would be my first answer. Thank you. Uh, Colleen, would you like to add? Um, sure. Actually, I, I don't want to add too much because I have a similar answer. I do think it's the website. But um, in my case, the anecdotal contribution that I could add is that um, I, I was able to step into a role um, for a school that has a good reputation. So our SEO was good. It, KIS comes up on the first page of search results in Bangkok, which has over 150 international schools registered. So Bangkok is an extremely competitive marketplace. And I was very fortunate that I was able to um, go to a school that has a strong reputation. That being said, the school had not so long before I joined changed um, their website and platform. And the Google Analytics were, were showing a tremendous decline. Um, so I've been working really hard and we're actually about to launch our new website next week. So it's a busy time. Um, but what I wanted to add about that was I, I did a lot of research. What are we going to do with our new website and who are we going to go to and, and who's going to be the, the partner that we're going to use? Um, and we ended up going with probably the more, most expensive solution um, at, through Final Site. But the reason being was it's so much more than just a website and it's a tool. So I, I'm not here to push them. They're not paying me to say that. But what I, what I do want when you're out there looking for a website, if you identify that this is a pain point and you need to do something about it, look at what the functionality of that provider, that partner is going to offer you because schools have a tremendous amount of information that they need to convey. And um, Amy, you touched on this point talking about if you, if you work smart, you can multiply that message in a lot of different places in a lot of different channels. And that was something that we saw uh, was really effective with this tool. You know, you, you share events and you can add it to an email workflow. Um, so I think for me, it's, it's all about finding digital tools that allow you and your team to work smarter and not harder. And there are a tremendous amount of things out there. Um, and, and 
more than one is what we use, but I think that it's absolutely where you must begin because if you're not showing up on that first search engine of results, as, as you said, Amy, schools aren't gonna be finding you. And that's really the first step is that awareness. Yeah, great, thanks. Penelope, you'd like to add? I mean, everything has been covered and I, I'm in agreement. And I think just to conclude on, uh, on Amy's point is your CRM platform is so important. And, and we have one where we have programs and resources that really uh, connect marketing and sales. So once you start automating, it really mm -hmm. makes things a lot easier and you can really focus on your strategy and coming up with campaigns that are innovative, that are really going to stand out from the crowd. So I would just say really looking at how to tie everything together. And it's just not one thing in isolation. You have to keep doing everything. You can't let go uh, you know, uh, of your social media. You can't let go of your email marketing. You can't let go of your website. And, and it's funny with the website because it's a constant thing like, oh, did we update that information? Did we go back in there to add that? And, uh, and it's a constant thing. So once you start automating, I think uh, it will really free up a lot of time uh, and then you can do some more new things and try new things. Great, thanks. Aklin, I'll start with you this time so we sort of, we can rotate a little bit. Um, what have you personally found to be the best way to market your school uh, to prospective parents? And can you give me some, give us some examples around strategies used and highlight any unique marketing aspects uh, to your own school's location, being Bangkok, uh, that make you kind of look at things differently? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think I'm going to give a little bit of an atypical answer for this because it's it's been an interesting experience after the pandemic. Um, and I think that parents have a much different understanding of what their children's experiences and what the roles and responsibilities of a school and of a teacher have become because they became teachers or educators unwillingly for, for a good chunk of time. Um, and so I think one of the, the strategies in particular that we've been really investing in um, at KIS has been parent education, because we all know that word of mouth is the strongest tool in marketing. But what we realized was that um, we were getting that, that support, that word of mouth, but we also needed to invest in reestablishing that trust and that connection with our parents because of this strange time that we had all been through. And I think we talk a lot about the social and emotional needs of the students at the school and the parents are equally in this deficit position where they also really need to come together and to feel a sense of community. Um, and so this is very, very specific to KS. We're a mid-sized school and we've always been known for the community. It, it's, it's part of what drew me to the school as a parent. It's part of what everyone told me about when I was doing my due diligence and research to ask about it. And it was, it's one of the key words for you know, our return to normal in our strategic plan is community. Um, and I think that the best way to build a community is to come together. So it is, it is having more events, it is having parent education events, but one of those distinctions that we've, um, we've done is if we're going to put together an event for prospects, we should invite our enrolled families. There's no reason why it can't also be a retention strategy or something that we're going to be using for, for that outcome. Um, and in our case, it's, there's no better way to show your community to also have them in the fold. Um, so I think that that's something that was, was unexpected and it was based on a lot of feedback and a lot of surveys that we received from families, but it's proven 
to be very effective. In my second year here, we've decreased our attrition by two and a half percent, which for our size is significant and for really not as much time as perhaps one would like to be seeing some of these changes. Right, thanks. Penelope, uh, you would like to add? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. And I'm going to go back to something that's tried, tested and true for us. And that's having an event in school like an open day. It's a hallmark event. And, you know, there's nothing quite like coming into the school and experiencing the day in the life of, your, of a Riptonian in our case. And so what we've been doing, and even pre-pandemic, we, we, we were doing this, is that we would invite existing families and students and we would animate the school. So we get to show our facilities, we would run masterclasses, we would have sporting events, uh, we would have our parent associations there who could speak to prospective families, they would even take them on tour. Because, uh, you know, there were times where we would have, you know, high, high numbers of visitors and one given event and so it was really everybody all hands on deck academics admissions team members and and those parents as well so I think that really creates a connection and a feel for the school and there's nothing quite like it um, so definitely uh, coming back to events is really big for us uh, and we just had one actually uh, we have plenty going on at the moment well, we just had one last week and uh, honestly apparently the buzz was palpable and it's great to feel that again um, everybody needs it and everybody needs that connection. Um, one of your, in, to answer the part of your question about, you know, the location and, and, and where we find ourselves, um, we're in a very saturated market in Dubai, for example, we have 216 private schools. So that's really hard to wrap your head around that. And it, it's very, very competitive. And what we do is we definitely include location in our recruitment campaigns. Uh, our two schools are actually located in, uh, in two different communities, uh, about 30 minutes away. And, um, and one of them is actually 10 minutes away from our international airport. So when we market to uh, prospective parents and families and students who are boarders, for example, we mention that in our communication so that they know that you know, they're very in close proximity. Um, another thing uh, to mention is that Dubai is very much uh, known as a safe city. And so it appeals a lot to uh, borders coming in from the subcontinent, uh, from the Middle East uh, and from Asia. So, so that's something that we, we do look at kind of promoting and kind of pushing that key message. Um, one of our schools, Reptin Al Barsha is located uh, 10 minutes away from a new shopping destination. So right now we have a digital uh, marketing campaign outdoor happening in the mall um, and the CTA there is really you know we're only 10 minutes away um, and and so it does attract uh, families from neighboring communities that are also actually also going to the other school that's uh, that's not too far away so we don't want to cannibalize but we offer parents a choice which is great uh, and so we definitely highlight that in our campaigns and and our school in Abu Dhabi is uh, located on a man-made man-made island uh, called Reem Island and for 10 years we're the only school and in September a new school is opening so we're very you know uh, very much uh, of the belief that we really need to push our, our 10 year anniversary and our mm -hmm. academic track record. We have an accreditation that was awarded to us at the beginning of this academic year from the Abu Dhabi uh, Education Knowledge Department. And that's a rating of outstanding. So you better believe it, we have it everywhere. Um, so, you know, <laughs> wanna make sure our families know, hey, you're gonna stick with us because we have this track record. You know, we are yeah. a community, we are a family and we've been around for 10 years. Um, so so that's, uh, that's the kind of marketing we want to do. And, uh, and of course, it, it wouldn't work without the, the, that sense of community as well. Great. Thanks, Penelope. Amy? 
Thank you, Richard. Uh, when I arrived in Portugal in August 2019, the marketing plan was relying heavily on the traditional things that you would um, that you would consider things like big events, big launch events. We had the Palazzo Hotel, which is famous um, because that's where Ian Fleming stayed when he conceived of the character of James Bond. And that's where you roll out a big splashy event uh, that was scheduled for April 2020 rather. Uh, and so obviously that had to be canceled because March 13th, 2020, uh, Portugal locked down like many places in the world. Um, and so all of a sudden, no events. Everyone was working from home. Uh, even our first year, parents weren't in the school until April of our first academic year because the Ministry of Health, the protocols and guidelines really precluded visitors for coming, from coming to school. So... <laughs> It was, uh, it was necessary to completely rethink the strategy. And so my, my marketing plan then said we were going to first leverage the respected TASIS brand and history. Uh, TASIS was the first American boarding school in Europe, founded in 1956. Uh, then introduced the curriculum and its tenets. Parents were all at home watching their kids learn uh, online and being online. part of that journey. So all of a sudden they were maybe a little more interested mm -hmm. in learning about curriculum because if they're coming to visit and tour, it often defaults into a real estate tour, mm -hmm. um, looking mm -hmm. at classrooms and facilities rather than talking about teaching and learning. So it was an incredible opportunity for us to focus on that. Um, Third, make the headmaster accessible. That was a bit easier for me because the headmaster happens to be my husband. So I required him to be accessible <laughs> for, uh, for prospective families. Um, and then we introduced the teachers. There's nothing more important mm -hmm. uh, in schools than teachers. So every time we had a new teacher hired, um, our social media featured their bio, their picture, um, moving to Portugal with my incredible family. Here's a shot of our little boys in tuxedos at a family wedding. Like we're, we're family too, make it very personal. Um, and then to engage interested families and maintain a connection with those families who are interested and those who are enrolled. That's really important. Yeah. Um, each of our last three years, 40% of our new families have also been new to Portugal. So many of them, most of them are enrolling from other countries. So in the back of my mind, it's always, are they going to change their mind? Is something going to happen, you know, that precludes them from, from moving to Portugal? Or was this a, a pipe dream? They came on vacation here once, loved it, and all of a sudden, especially with the pandemic and related things, this isn't going to happen. So we focused a lot on um, engagement, keeping the parents connected with the school, um, introducing them to our, our parent association welcome committee. Uh, during lockdown, we launched a, a really low tech and part of its charm was that it was low tech done on Zoom. 
uh, uh, Thursday night event called Coffee with Keith. Keith is the headmaster. Uh, and he was legendary for his jokes. Uh, and he would joke with people. We had families attend and that was their Thursday night date night because they were on lockdown. So they would joke that they opened their bottle of wine. They were ready for coffee with Keith. People put in all of their questions. He had different guests on. Uh, I emceed it and there was always a little banter back and forth. And um, it was something that I think helped establish our community as a really close, friendly community. Uh, those recordings are on our YouTube channel. They're still there. Um, and I'm amazed by the number of prospective families who still watch them dating back to 2020. Um, after we emerged from lockdown, we tried to keep it going, but there was no appetite for it. The, the audience was quite literally a captive audience um, because they were on lockdown. And so I think that was one of the, the things that we'll remember most fondly about connecting with our community during a, a time of world crisis uh, and having them think that the school was really uh, played a, a pivotal role in sort of looking ahead to a, a different time and, and being part of a group. Yeah, it was a unique time for sure. Um, uh, Penelope, I can start with you. Uh, what strategies do you use to ensure um, prospective parents, families understand uh, your school's value competitive, competitive advantage? Mm -hmm. um, one thing that we do consistently, and I think the word is consistently, is to really celebrate milestones as a community. So along with teachers and parents and students and, and, and really uh, find moments where we can, you know, communicate right today we you know there's a prize giving these are the the stars and this is you know what what they've achieved uh if we had for example launched something that was innovative and we were the first to do it and the school was recognized then we will definitely uh create an opportunity to create content, right? So it's important to be able to take those photographs, to get those video testimonials from the stakeholders and to be able to publish them on the various platforms. Um, uh, we are very good at sending out a monthly roundup to prospective parents and we really try to like be fair and highlight the, the main milestone uh, successes across all the, all the schools. Uh, and again, it's about consistency and, and making sure that we as a community uh, kind of shout about it and not shy away from it, uh, which leads me to again, and we mentioned this before, word of mouth. Um, there's nothing like that. Um, it's the most impactful, I would say, especially because, you know, parents will, you know, ask their community members, be it their friends, be it, you know, family members, they'd go to them first when it comes to a school. Uh, and there's nothing like, you know, positive uh, kind of a word of mouth. Uh, a bit of competitive here. Oh, your school does that? Oh, well, we were the first ones to do it like years ago. So it is quite interesting dynamic, but um, it does kind of forge even more like that, that sense of community. Um, so I would say, you know, let them brag about it uh, and make sure that prospective families here see it uh, and hopefully live it uh, when they come in and do experience those moments when we have those events. And, and we do open our doors to prospective families. We run events now. Uh, we've always had webinars. We would send it to them. 
whoever was in our pipeline, uh, we would make sure if we have, for example, plays or theater productions, we invite the ones that are in that particular part of the funnel and we say, you know, come in and, and you know, come and see our, our play, our Lion King uh, production. So I think uh, it's really, uh, you know, identifying consistently all of those wonderful uh, moments in, in, in our school life, uh, everyday life, and, and making sure that we, we convey it to, to prospective families. Great, thanks. Colleen, can you add? Yes, um, actually I was reflecting on as everyone was sharing on some of those things that I've learned from all these all these years in the pandemic. But one thing that I think um, I learned at, at my previous school at Avenues was this, uh, the, the goal is to communicate your curriculum in a way that everybody understands it. And that was both the most important thing at my previous school and today at KIS. Um, KIS is a full IB school. It's the only one in Bangkok to offer all four IB programs. And there's a lot of learning that needs to go into understanding what that means and unpacking that. There are way more, I think, misconceptions. And I think we spend a tremendous amount of time demystifying the curriculum than anything else. Um, but in terms of, you know, how do you go about doing that? Um, one of the things that I've been working to build is a video library, a video library that will capture and educate on all the different components, um, all the different things. And using that video library a bit as a, as a concierge of where you can find all your information. Um, and once you have spoken to the family, so this is, you know, before they've there, there's the strategy of before they're in the funnel in which all these videos and all this content is useful because it's gonna be published across many platforms. But once they've directly engaged with you, you can't assume that they've seen all of that and they've done their research and being able to create custom communication where I spoke to this family and they, they have a primary child and a middle schooler and this one's interested in soccer and this one loves science. And great, I go to my video library and I say, okay, here are the four mm -hmm. or five videos that are really tailored to what, your, what you spoke about. And I think that there's so much to be said for that because the family feels heard. Oh, you really paid attention to everything mm -hmm. I said. I like you guys, you listen. And that's such a characteristic of, especially millennial parents needing to be seen and heard. And that's something that everybody I think needs and wants. Um, but second, you're delivering that specific content that addresses all of their needs and wants. Um, and there's a tremendous amount of information and reassurance that goes along with that. And then you've also introduced to them this way to find out more, you know, this channel mm -hmm. where if they wanna keep digging and if they wanna keep finding out more information, um, there it is. And it goes back to that concept of, of working smarter and not harder. Yes, it is a tremendous investment to script and interview and document and do these things. And we're not even where I'd like to be. So there's still work to be done. But once you have that, or as you're building this, um, you have something that's really customizable, because it, it's going to cover all potential questions that a family um, could ask. So I think that that's a strategy that I, I will carry with myself no matter what school I'm at. <laughs> I can speak to the IB and the, the Chinese families that we speak to. It seems that the IB is uh, is something quite alien to them. And we have to go back to, to mm. basics because in China itself, it's just a, it's just not a popular curriculum. They like the, the academic rigor of the exams with A-levels and AP, etc. Uh, Amy, yeah. would you like to add? Uh, thank you, Richard. What Penelope said about word of mouth is, um, I think we all know that's true. 
Uh, years ago, Richard and I collaborated on two global surveys of international school admission professionals. And in both surveys, um, the number one uh, source of parent referrals, uh, of student referrals rather, was from current parents, as reported by international admission uh, professionals globally. And the number two was from past parents. And I think we all know that, but it's actually quantified in yeah, uh, two surveys that um, <laughs> ISC Research and the Enrollment Management Association collaborated on. Uh, and so, you know, amplifying that is a really useful and powerful tool. And it's also free. Um, in mm -hmm. New York Times, not free, but it's free. What Kayleen said about content uh, is really important and being efficient. Our blogs are really popular, the headmaster's blog and the academic team blogs, which have been authored now by over a dozen different teachers uh, and administrators. But if they were just a one-off, publish it on the website, hardly anybody would read them um, because nobody's really going into the blogs, deep in there, finding the one that's on the topic. So um, if it's written about um, understanding middle schoolers. Uh, Keith has some humorous ones about middle schoolers. You know, we, we post those on social media uh, with links back, to, you know, with a funny tagline with links back to the blog. Um, ones that are about teaching and learning, we'll post on our LinkedIn channel uh, and have our teachers who authored them also post on their professional channel. Hey, I just wrote this, you know, blog on the science of learning or whatever it is, but um, any content that you can create um, should really be used across multiple channels, your website, your social media channels, in our weekly newsletters. If somebody's written a blog, we also feature that in our weekly newsletters or in our online parent community. We have just a, um, we have a great parent community powered by Toucan Tech. Um, so I just say those are, are great strategies. Um, but for us, our school tours uh, and the highly personalized admissions process is probably our most important um, marketing tool. We spend a lot of time on, on tours and visits. Two hours is a, is a common investment for us to meet with a family. Often the parents come first, you guys know this, and they bring their child. Then maybe they bring grandma or grandpa. Uh, or, yeah. yeah, and we invest that time uh, the downside to that is we've had to be very mercenary in saying we only have time to do visits for families we're looking for September, 2023, right. because Portugal's, as I said, such a hot destination. Um, people are, we have a lot of tire kickers. Our first year, our first year and a half, we didn't turn any appointments away because we were a new school launching. Mm -hmm. But what I can, what I have to show for that is a database full of, of dead inquiries, um, people who were thinking about moving to Portugal, um, or maybe it's gonna be in 2025 when our kids are this age. And I get it, they wanna look ahead and do their research, but our website's great. Our social media channels are great. So you can, you can watch the videos, you can learn a lot about the school, but we need to invest the time uh, in the families who are most likely to enroll in our next school year. So that's where we've really prioritized things. And in every faculty meeting, we get some airtime to provide an update. 
Right now we're providing updates on re-enrollment. So faculty know if, if they've been asked to write a teacher recommendation, let us know in admissions, hey, this family might be relocating um, because many times they haven't told us yet so that we have that information. We thank faculty. We read quotes from parents who visited and said, my gosh, I stopped by Mr. Bo's science class. It blew me, it just blew me away. Um, so giving faculty that kudos, but also the information, here's our goal. Here's how far away we are from our goal. Here are the hardest classes for us to enroll right now. Um, it really makes them feel uh, well-informed. Right. Uh, and then also partnering with the finance department so that the faculty understands that this is tuition-based budgeting. And, you know, salary increases and they're getting a nice one this year um, come directly from those tuition dollars. And their participation in the program helps us get the best fit students mm -hmm. and families um, with that. So that's, that's a big part of our strategy as well. Great. Amy, in all, all your years, what would you say the uh, biggest marketing mistake that schools make overlook? Uh, and particularly uh, post-pandemic? Um, post-pandemic, I think it's going back to business as usual without reflecting on the, the things that you did to survive uh, and, and thrive. I think a lot of schools, we actually opened with more than twice the number of students we anticipated opening with um, and did all that enrollment during the pandemic. Um, and it was the time we spent with families. It was talking about curriculum. It was being constantly available to answer questions. Uh, and so I think for us, that was something that we worked hard to maintain and say, yeah, we could always be doing more. We could always be doing more with drip campaigns, which take a while to set up. We could always be enhancing other things, but the developing the relationships is the most important. Yeah, great. Colleen, what would you say some of the biggest mistakes that schools are making? I think, well, I can't say schools so much as I think admissions and marketing right. um, not being more integrated with the school and the departments and, and really um, engaging in cross-departmental meetings. So you, you talked about the enrollment, um, Amy, and I think that that's something that um, I'm very intentional with our with our retention meetings of pulling in people from different divisions, from different departments, um, and trying to triangulate data, including finance. So finance sits on the retention committee, and we say, "Okay, we heard that this family might be moving, and you know, are they in arrears? They, they, all these things they they tell you a story, and if you don't have that triangulation of information and of data, you're not working as efficiently or as strategically." Um, and there might be things that you wouldn't spend your time on had you only known all these other components. And so I think um, just today I had a meeting about an event that we're having in two weeks and I shared our secret shopper competitive analysis of tuitions. And I showed teachers, this is where KIF sits on this spectrum of tuitions and look at the map of all of the schools. And I was really nervous to do that at first. I, I thought I might get in trouble by someone that I was sharing things that I shouldn't share. And the, it was amazing the feedback that I received from the teachers. We did it for open house with the secondary teachers and they were really eating this up. Our resignation surveys and the data and where did they go and why, what was their reason? They were really, really interested. 
And um, I, I learned a valuable lesson that they want to be more informed and involved than perhaps we realize, but they just don't have access to the information. Um, and so I think that learning to connect more frequently and get updates, because that's a tremendous mistake that happens and has happened not that long ago for me of admission saying something that's no longer happening in secondary. And I knew because I have kids in secondary. So that connection, that communication um, is so important. And, and Amy, I love that you guys have time during faculty meetings. I think I'm going to make that request because if that's one surefire way to, to ensure that you have that communication across departments. Nice. Thanks. Penelope? I agree with with both of uh, both Amy and Kelleen, and I think that what really needs to be paramount is the customer experience because that's really going to reflect the brand experience. And so we need to understand that customers have needs and they have very high expectations. Um, and that is something everybody has to fall in line with. Hence what you talk about, bringing in the academics, the finance teams, everybody, because this is definitely a group effort. Um, so I would definitely say that we also need to keep doing the things that we did during that pandemic. So when I say flexibility, offer one-on-one -on -one virtual tours. Yes, they can come on site, but keep doing that. Make sure you keep doing that. Make sure you keep offering webinars. Online payments is something that we offer now. We didn't have that before. So how are we going to keep innovating? Are we going to put up a new you know, a QR code where they can make a payment immediately? <laughs> so think about all the things that we can do to make that experience a flawless one, a seamless one. So um, also one thing not to forget is to keep updating your website as well. We talked about that earlier, but we had to go through and, and remember to remove all those COVID protocols or yeah. to even uh, refresh our <laughs> virtual tour because we added new facilities mm -hmm. in Reptile Albarsha with a beautiful outdoor gym. And we're like, right, we got to do a new virtual tour. This is a key selling USP for us. So we got to make sure that we update that. Um, the other thing that we've seen in this part of the region, uh, which is very in interesting, is going back to what we talked about audience segmentation and your target group, is seeing the interest, interest that's coming in from Eastern European countries and the Far East in this market. So we work a lot with relocation agents, international ones. We work with estate agents. Uh, we also look at uh, working with uh, place, student placement agents uh, like Carfax Education, for example. So this is really, really important to kind of um, take the time because it takes time to communicate with them. And then what we do is we, we help create content with them that is very much in that language, that native language that they can therefore post on their socials, on their website. Uh, we, we actually facilitate webinars. There's a translator on those webinars to make sure that they get to meet our academic staff um, and, and our admissions teams. And uh, another one I would say is that we've been working closely with uh, corporates that have international presence in the, in the UAE and who are relocating families here. So again, these are opportunities that we see. And I think other schools will probably maybe are doing that. If not, it's something they should be doing um, to really make sure that they, they kind of uh, take seize that opportunity. And I would say last but not least, I'd like to end on the fact that, and we, we keep, it's a recurring theme here, but we got to keep nurturing our existing families. Um, honestly, um, you know, we can't take it for granted. We can't take for granted that they're going to be loyal. I certainly can speak of uh, 
I can cer certainly speak of, of this market that loyalty is something that's being tested all the time. There are always yeah. new schools that are opening, uh, that are branded, that have maybe a track record back in the UK or in the United States. So let's not take for granted on our laurels. You know, we need to make sure that, mm -hmm. you know, that is very much, you know, at the top of mind, uh, like you said, yeah. uh, with all stakeholders across the organization. So. And it's still a very attractive industry for for those brands. I mean, in America and particularly the UK, uh, that trend is not going to stop. We've got we've heard of a in Wahin. I live three hours south of uh, Bangkok. We've heard of a, a big new British boarding school that's going to be opening here and taking everybody by surprise. But uh, it's still a trend. I think it's going to continue for uh, for another 10, 20 years at least. So, yeah. Well, that wraps up the, the edition of uh, this uh, ISN uh, roundtable. I hope you have found an interesting listing. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, all our panelists. Um, and I look forward to seeing all of you out there on the circuit someday soon. And now that we can do uh, back to back, uh, we can we go back to face to face conferences at last. Uh, so thank you for all your time. Um, all right.